Breaking bread. Breaking bread. Breaking bread with Dr. Weech. Breaking bread. Breaking bread. Breaking bread with Dr. Weech. Breaking bread. Breaking bread. Breaking bread with Dr. Weech. You're tuned in to Breaking Bread with your host and moderator, Dr. Weech. Let's go now to our study. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Breaking Bread. I'm your host, Dr. Weech, and we got a wonderful teaching for you today. Uh, I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about a bill that is uh, that was trying to be passed uh, in the Senate. Right, I want to talk about a bill that I was talking about in the Senate. And in the midst of all of this COVID situation that's happening, we got to be vigilant. We got to be mindful as to the things that's what's happening and what's transpiring. Um, again, this is your host, Dr. Weech. And I want you to let uh, people know that we are on. We are on for a wonderful study of teaching. Uh, it's going to be a great um uh, teaching we're going to talk about the purpose of the church we're going to talk about the purpose of the church. what exactly is the purpose of the church so all right what is the purpose of the church and within the purpose of the church, we come to a place where the church seems like people don't understand what the church is for and I want to pose that question to you today. Why do you go to church? Okay. Why do you go to church? Answer that question. Why do you specifically go to the church that you go to? Are you one that says my church is better than this church? And, you know, are you the one that says, oh, I can't uh, not just if I don't go to church, I don't get my power up. What is the purpose of the church? And I think we're in the time now we need to understand that because I'm telling you, I heard a brother of mine tell Amplify this particular teaching in the Bible that says, uh, Jesus, Yeshua says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. Now, it tells me that the church is the most powerful entity in this uh, universe. This bride that the Messiah died for is the most powerful entity in the universe compounded working with her husband and her husband is the messiah we cannot forget this so i want to talk about the purpose of the church and i want to talk about this bill hr 6666 did you hear me these people are trying to pass a bill called 6666 amazing now, I told you all in the midst of this code, we had to be mindful and vigilant as to what the narrative was coming out. Because remember, when it first came out, it was prone to elderly and people with compromised immune systems. That's the only people that had, uh, uh, who had to be worried about this thing. And then the narrative began to change. Uh, it's African-American, and they're the ones that's catching it the most. Okay. Then it changed. It says, oh, young people... May have it, but they don't show signs. But yet, they have a vaccine for people 12 and under now, and 12 and up. And there's a mighty push to, to, to get the world vaccinated, if you will. Now, understand, I always tell you that Satan is always mimicking or trying to emulate 
or replicate anything that the Most High Elohim God does. And I understand the Messiah says the gospel will be preached in all of the world. And yet, again, you need to use your only Holy Spirit and your relationship with the Most High to discern whether or not this particular agenda is of God or isn't it. Because there's only two sides. The Messiah says you're either with me or against me. Okay, you help me gather or you help me or you're being a part of the, of the scattering process. And I, for one, I'm always I'm always suspicious when government is involved. I'm always suspicious or often suspicious when government is involved. So I'm not one to buy this. I'm, I'm very concerned that all of this is transpiring. And in, 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 in my opinion, it's setting the stage and the narrative for the new world order and you can't buy or sell. Now, this HR Bill 666, let me tell you what this HR Bill 666 is about. During the midst of COVID, they're trying to say, well, you know, we're going to have people track people, and if they're not going to take the vaccine, we've got to remove these people out of these households. This is the language now, and this is why I'm telling you the stages has been set for the mark of the beast because, okay, they have a pandemic. Someone refuses to get vaccinated or refuses to get the shot. They don't have the vaccination papers. They can be removed. And watch this. They're doing the same thing that they did in Germany where they would – uh, 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 go and pick up Jews and people and the neighbors would tell and say these are Jews, these are Jews, the neighbors would tell them the people, so they're making it seem like the government doesn't want to be involved but we want to amplify and promote the propaganda so that you can believe this stuff and you could do the dir dirty work and start watching your neighbors and so now look at what they're building they're building, uh, they're tearing down or eroding very very uh, slowly the intimate relationships where you have a village and they're trying to bring about individuality. And the same thing that they've done in this midst, or the same thing that has been done in the midst of this COVID, where people are isolated from people, and you're afraid to interact with people. Now, I'm going to tell you something. One thing that I'm going to tell you that the adversary or the mindset will do is try to get you to get be, be, We'll try to be, get you to be isolated from people. And when you're isolated from people, you need to realize that that's when your mind will tend to wander. Unless you're being isolated and separate for a mandate to spend time with the Most High God through His only begotten Son and maturing in the Holy Spirit, that isolation can do something to your mindset. Right? That isolation can do something to your mindset. So this HR bill, will they're talking about removing people from their homes, having people tracked, and... With these vaccination papers, well, if these people don't have the vaccination papers, they're, they're a threat to society. And my concern was, in the midst of all of this, what was attacked? What did they prevent from gathering? Churches. They prevented churches from gathering. You see? So, we who are in the spirit, the Bible dictates and tells us, the man of God says, <clears throat> and receive the revelation, we're not ignorant to the adversaries. Devices and specifically says to Satan. Now, if you people don't believe that this spiritual wickedness exists in high places, and they have you to believe and be deceived that the Most High Elohim God does not exist, Jesus the Christ, Yeshua the Messiah, did not lay down His life and ransom us out of the gates of Hades and the jaws of death. It's 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 challenging, or it's 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 a great deception. You have to look at this stuff. This stuff is not fake. And then you got the all the UFOs and all this. Hey. The Lord said, don't be troubled. He said there'll be signs in heaven. But the only sign you need to look at is when that sky crack open and you see the Son of Man riding on a cloud coming to check us out. Hmm? 
All right, so y'all need to go look at that bill, H.R. 6666. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I believe in a time such as this, it is absolutely necessary that we understand the role of the church. And in the midst of this world coming together and the chaos that's being ensued and initiated on purpose, we as believers got to come together and know the purpose of the church. And we got to realize that collectively, we're a body. Collectively, we're a body. So I'm going to take a break. And right after that, I want you to uh, let people know that we're on. And I want to um, remind you, this is live. 321-345-9443. 321-345-WGGF. This is live. Please follow us. Uh, check out the YouTube page. We'll be uploading some new information on Dr. Weech, that YouTube page. And you can check out uh, that social media of Dr. Weech. All right, so we're going to take a, a quick, quick break, and we're going to be right back. When organized religion lies to you, Christianity as another religion built on lies but similarities to other pagan religions. When holidays that celebrate a biblical God are not biblical. Christmas defends Easter, uh, and it's another holiday that originated from pagan origin. One has to ask, is God real? Is the Bible a book filled with lies, tampered with by men, a rewrite authoritative version of the Holy Bible? James agrees. Or is it all true? Their Truth Was a Lie is a documentary series that exposes the paganism that has lived in organized religion of Christianity and reveals the truth. Uh, because the Catholic Church sanctioned Easter, maybe around 324, 325 B.C. Hello, friends. Are you a pastor in search of support? Maybe you are a lay person seeking clarity on God's movement and kingdom. Let me encourage you to connect with the G2G Foundation as we are making efforts to assist faith-based organizations to get back on message. Our Lord and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, said the gospel of the kingdom will be preached worldwide as a witness, then the end will come. I talk to many religious leaders and believers and many are unclear to the kingdom message. It is vital in these times that we teach and preach the God's kingdom and tell them about the king. For more information, you can log on to the g2gfoundation.org or call 305-647-1922. That's 305-647-1922. Or log on to the g2gfoundation.org. Did you know there's scientific evidence that prayer works? I'm not telling you this to validate God's word, but I'm telling you what we as believers in the Most High God already know. Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, our Savior, said men should always pray and not lose faith. This is why I want to invite you to pray with me. I'm looking for at least seven, and with 12 or more, we can do wonders. But I'm looking for at least seven people who are committed to prayer. We will pray every Wednesday at 8 p.m. So if you want to join me and a few faithful, I want you to call 305 647 1922 or email us at info at the G2G Foundation.org. That's info at the G2G Foundation.org. Or hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at the G2G Foundation. Once again, I'm inviting you to pray every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Send your prayer requests, expectations for the miraculous as we shape things up with prayer. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m., 305 647 1922. There's a saying. 
Pressure burst pipes or pressure will burst diamonds. When you encounter pressure in your life, you need to be the diamond that comes forth. Abba Theological Seminary helps you become the gem the Most High God created you to be. Abba Theological Seminary has various programs ranging from the arts, such as videography, to becoming a biblical scholar in theology. Abba Theological Seminary has degree programs in ministerial vocations starting from the associate level, allowing you to work to earn your doctoral degree. Abba Theological Seminary is a fully functional online educational institution providing our students with a rigorous curriculum, access to seasoned professors, and a vast amount of online resources to assist our students along their journey. Don't hesitate. Call an advisor today. For more information, log on to www.atsedu.info. That's atsedu.info. Or you can call 954-324-7280. Again, that's www.atsedu.info or call 954-324-7280. Again, that's 954-324-7280. All right, thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to begin our study. And we're talking about the church. What is the church? What is the purpose of the church? And I think now is the time that we need to understand the purpose of the church more than anything. Um, it seems as though... There's an ineffectiveness that is transpired within the church. So, okay. What we're dealing with and the purpose of the church. So, Father in heaven, thank you for this time. Continue to open our hearts and our minds to receive uh, your word. We yield to the presence of the power of your word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, speak to your people. Let them understand. Let them hear what the ear has them to hear. Let them understand purpose of what you have for them, the purpose of the body, and the purpose of the church. In your precious son's name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so we're talking about the purpose of the church, and I believe the Lord would have me to deal with this, or the Spirit of God would have me to deal with this, is because we're in a time now where the church has got to be united. If the Most High God said, or he has relinquished this authority and power to the Son to give to the church, and he says in Matthew chapter sixteen seventeen, take a look at Matthew sixteen seventeen. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. It says, and, well, first of all, let's go to verse 13. Let's go to verse 13. Go to verse 13. Uh, the Messiah comes in to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asks his disciples, saying, Who do men say that the Son of Man am? And they said, some say you are John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he says to them, but who do you say that I am? And understand that is something that we all have to wrestle with. I talked about, the Spirit of God talked about that several times. The Spirit of God talked about that several times, that the Messiah is not concerned as so much as to what the world is saying about him, but the Messiah is concerned about what you are saying about him because whatever you think and whatever perspective you have of him, that's how you're going to be getting your healing. All right? So he says, but who do you 
say that I am. And Simon Peter said, you are the Christ. And understand when he says the Christ or the Messiah, it means you are the anointed one. You're the one designated by the Most High. To fulfill and redeem mankind. You're the chosen one that's going to get all this situated. You're the chosen one to set the captives free. That's what, you're, that's what you've been ordained and called to do. And he says, you are the son of the living God, Elohim. And Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon, but Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Understand what the Messiah is saying. He's saying, I'm going to build this church and we need to understand exactly what this church is. First of all, we need to realize that this church is what is called the bride of the Messiah. Okay. Now, as we continue to look at verse 19, he's understanding he's given us the blueprint and he's given us access, possession, the keys. Now, the one thing I like about this verse, what the Messiah says, he says the gates of hell. I told you all before, when we look at a gate, think of a big gate, a fortified gate. And, you know, if the gate is not open, you have to jump the gate. Think of, think of one of those uh, uh, medieval uh times where you would see the gate and they would bam, bam, bam and try to breach the gate or break the open of the gate. When the Messiah says the gates of hell, he's literally saying, I'm going to open this gate. Let the gate be open and let everything out of hell come out of there. And they still ain't going to be able to beat whatever I'm going to lay down up on this church. Huh? That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. The authority and the power of the church is. He's saying, I'm going to build this church and on this rock that I'm the anointed one, that I'm the redeemer, that I'm the one who came to set this thing straight. I'm the king that will sit on this throne forever. He said, open up that gate. Oh, man, it's like that, 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 uh, that show, uh, Avengers, when, when they was in Wakanda. He said, open the gate. Let them in. So when the Messiah says the gates of hell, he's saying literally, let the gate be open." And let them all come out. Don't let them jump the gate. Let them all come out. He says, that portion, all that's coming out of there, will not be able to prevail against my church. And I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom. Aside from this church beating up everything that's coming out of hell, I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom. Huh? Listen to what he's saying. So aside from assured victory from every evil, every monstrosity, every demonic activity, if you believe in that, that can come up out of hell, he says, my church going to whip everything. Now, let me give you keys to the kingdom. Hmm? So the definition of the church is literally in the Greek, it's ecclesia. And what they called it in the Old Testament was the congregation. And... It literally means called out. Okay? It literally means called out. The called out ones. Okay, so whenever we as believers trying to emulate what the world is doing, that ain't the church. Mm -mm, that ain't the church. The church is called the called out ones. And it's a reminder or the fulfillment from what Isaiah says come out from among them, oh, my people. So whenever you're around an entity or a church 
or something that calls itself a church trying to emulate, mimic, and look like the world, that's not what called out is. So first of all, understand the title itself means you called out. You're different. You're peculiar. This is why you've been called. Because remember, if he says called out, the Messiah says many are called, few are chosen. You've been called and chosen to be a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. You got to understand that purpose and calling of being a priest and a peculiar people. So now, it means the called out ones, all right? It means the called out ones. We need to understand that, first of all, the church is the Messiah's, okay? Some people use the church as their slush fund. Some people use the church as their uh, thing to manipulate people. Some people use their church to get profit on, okay? Understand, the church, corporate, called out once the saints of the Most High Elohim God who has surrendered to the teachings of the Messiah, okay? The teachings of the Messiah. Because we got to understand this thing. You, you don't belong to a building. You have surrendered to the teachings of the Messiah. Hmm? Okay. Now, the church belongs to the Messiah. No one else. He is in charge. If it belongs to him, we need to understand what this church is that belongs to him. Okay. So now, in the Old Testament, they had two words that specified congregation, which was the equivalent of the word church. Okay. It was two, two words. A day is a congregation or a multitude. That was the general assembly. So that's like we, can, we could say uh, the church, okay, the general church, the churches. But there's another word that means the specific church that's set aside to do God the most highest business, okay? And we got to identify that there are some things that look like church, but there is a called out group that set a set a time to do the purpose and the thing that the most high God has called this church to do. All right. So, again, I want to tell you, in the Old Testament, there were two things, two words that referred to the congregation, the congregation of Israel, the general assembly. But then there's a word that 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 identified the church. And these people came together to do God's place, to do God's business for a purpose at a set time and had a meeting place. OK. So now. When we understand that this church is called for a specific purpose and a specific time and blueprint, let's move further. I want you to go to Ephesians. Because if we don't really understand what the church is, we just think we go going to church and that's it. Oh, I've been to church, I just did my duty, and we leave church there. No, we don't leave church and God's business there. Huh? Oh, we're going to set this thing up because we got to have a clear understanding. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. All right, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. It says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, Yeshua the Messiah. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Elohim, El Elyon, God most high. Submitting yourselves. This is a problem that a lot of people have. Okay. I, I, I and, and, and some women, when they 
get married. Oh, I have a problem with submitting. But I'm going to give the revelation to what this marriage is really about. Hmm? I'm going to tell you about this submission or this submitting. Watch this, what Paul writes. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. Now, wives, you're not submitting to another person, only to your husband. But as brothers and sisters, we're submitting to each other, okay? We're submitting to each other in the name of love. But understand, when we are doing a specific business and purpose, there's an order. So that wife submits to her own husband, okay? Watch this. For the husband is, this is what Paul writes, okay? This is what Paul writes. Because we've. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think we've allowed some other doctrine to leaven up this thing. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. The church don't tell Christ the Messiah what to do. The church don't rearrange doctrine. The church don't say, well, we're going to do it like this. I'm going to tell you what kind of church that is. Okay. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is what? Subject to the anointed one. The church is subject to the anointed one, meaning whatever he has written, the Messiah, whatever he has said, the church must surrender, submit and bow and do what he says to do. And we have his word here as, 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 as the blueprint. Now, we have some churches that want to rear or things that call themselves a church. Remember, I just told you there were two distinct words that were set aside for the congregation. The general term of congregation was well, just the gathering of Israel. So that's just the church. But then again, there's that term that tells us the specific called out group of people who said they are in covenant with the Most High. And in regards to the New Testament, they're in covenant with the Messiah via the Holy Spirit. So let the wives be to their own husband in everything. Husbands, love your wife, even as what Christ also loved the church. And he what? Gave himself for her. It says it, but it's her. The church is a her. That Greek word is he, she, or the neuter. That he, that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The church stays clean when it stays in the word of God, the most high. The church stays clean when it listens to what the Messiah says because he says, the words that I speak, their spirit and their life. Okay? We stay clean. The, the body stays clean. So now when you deviate off what he says... You're coming filthy, but yet you're calling yourself a church. Okay. That he might, verse 26, he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the word. Then he might present it, present her to himself, a glorious church woman, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That means set apart, huh? set apart and without any faulty doctrine, without telling the husband what to do. Hmm? This, 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 this bride not telling Christ what to do. Well, Lord, we're going to do this. How about that? No, no. You go over there and, and you sit down. We're going to do this. Hmm? 
we're going to get into the thick of this now. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself, for no man has ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, and even as the Lord the church. For we are the what? Members of his body, of his flesh, and his bones. So now we are getting to the anatomy of the church. The anatomy of the church is us as believers. When we go on and we come in together in unison of worship, we are the body. Okay, we are the body because when you understand the Messiah didn't die for church per se, he died to fulfill prophecy to redeem us. And he uh, died to, uh, yes, indeed, the church more or less because the church is referred to as woman, but it's called the Jerusalem. When we look in Revelation, it says, I saw the new Jerusalem come down as a bride adorned for the husband. That's what we are classified to be, that new body ordained for the husband so we as believers we're the anatomy of the church okay because you got to understand the church isn't a building per se because the messiah says the kingdom is within the messiah came he talked about the kingdom the kingdom the kingdom he didn't talk about your particular church on the corner it's the concept and the reality to understand that the Messiah is head of this concept. The Messiah is the head of this kingdom. We can't get ahead of ourselves because sometimes we put people in place of where only the Messiah should be. And the Messiah says, don't call nobody father on earth and don't be calling nobody Christ because there's only one anointed one that teaches you. Okay? So we got to specifically look to who? The teacher, and that's his word. We're looking to brothers and sisters to give instruction in the word, to help us understand the word, to encourage us in the word. But we should look to them more than what they are, brothers and sisters in the family. But in a constructive order, there is a purpose, of course. Now, for this cause, this is the heavy one right here I want to deal with. For, in verse 31, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and the two shall be one flesh. Watch this. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Watch this. Paul goes on to say, nevertheless, let everyone be in particular of his wife and even as himself. So Paul just gave you, Paul just dropped a bomb now. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Listen, let me tell y'all something. The strongest, one of the strongest unions in this earth realm is a marriage. Why? Because, is it, because it is a replica of Christ and the church. This is, why Paul, this is why I like Paul. Paul says, for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall too be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. But nevertheless, he kept it moving. Paul telling you, Christ is married to the church, and the marriage that we see here in this earth realm is a depiction of what Christ and the church should be. So let me, let me, let me hit you a little harder now because it's going to get uncomfortable. Some people not going to like this, but I'm telling you what the word says. I usually think, you know, in a relationship, 50-50, blah, blah, blah. But there's no 50-50 in a marriage. There's, you're not going to tell, the church is not telling the Messiah what to do because he died for her. Okay? He wrote the covenant. He wrote the bill. So the wife cannot tell the husband what to do. 
Hold on now. I'm going to break this down. Don't shut me off yet. Listen to the message because I'm going to tell you how this thing works. Now, I'm going to tell you like this. I'm going to tell you how the church works. And in the midst of that, I'm going to drop nuggets and match because I'm not mad. So nobody said he ain't mad. He can't tell me what to do. I'm going to tell you what the word says and let you go and get deeper to your daddy in heaven through the Holy Spirit. Okay. So we see Christ and the church. Right. So we just read what Paul said. The head of the wife is the husband. So that means if Christ, the anointed one is married to the church, he's the head of the church. So now the head of the father, I mean, the head of Christ is daddy, the father. So there can't be a 50 50. When we talk in marriage, there's a 50-50 when we come together. But when it comes to the decision and the order and the accountability, it's, go, it's supposed to go on the man. All right. I'm going to tell you something, ladies, the role that you have. It's so profound. But see, this is why Satan is attacking marriage and cause people to believe it means nothing. People will tell you today, marriage is just a piece of paper. And that is a lie from the enemy. Marriage is a most powerful union and it is a representation of what the Messiah is with the church okay because the Messiah says we're two or three out in agreement me and daddy are one so when wife husband and wife become one they have a strong powerful force just like the Messiah says me and daddy are one so husband, wife become one. That is authority. That's why Satan attacks the marriage and wants to minimize the validity and weight of it. Because he says, this thing is like this thing that's going to whip me in the end of time. This thing is what this son of God came to out of heaven to whip me for and die for. That's what that marriage looks like. So now, the Messiah is the head of the church. We got to get that. So that means if the Messiah is the head of the church, we need to read what the word of God says and do what the Messiah says the head of the church should do. We need to get back to doing what he says. The church is not a slush fund for men. The church is not a, 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 a thing that we come and do and play games with. Huh? The church is a place where we demonstrate love okay now let me go to genesis because we're going to go into the purpose of the church okay let me tell you something anybody say the bible contradicts itself they have no, absolutely no clue what the bible says go to genesis chapter one go to genesis chapter one and we're going to take a look at verse 28 go to genesis chapter one verse 28 <clears throat> so god blessed them and said to them he's talking about adam and his wife. Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Adam, or the Most High gave Adam and his wife dominion over everything. Okay? So now, this is what I'm telling you. This is why the Messiah says, yes, yes. This is why the Messiah says, the gates of hell will not prevail against what? My woman. Huh? 
And so he's going back to what happens in the Garden of Eden, to what the, to the, to what the father told Adam and his wife. Subdue, replenish. Huh? So that's why I said, upon this rock, I'm, I'm, I'm the head, and guess what? I'm the husband, and I'm telling you, ain't nobody going to mess with my woman. That's what the Messiah says. He says, the gates of hell will not prevail against my woman. Why? Because I'm standing ready to whip it. I done beat it down. Now watch this. Aside from letting the gates of hell come at it and still ain't going to be my woman, I'm giving you the keys to my kingdom, to my house, to my throne. Huh? Now, he says, listen, listen. I got to get this. I'm hoping I get to this. He says, God blessed him and said, unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish, sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. All right? Now, Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 20. Go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 20. Go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 20. And God gave names to all cattle, to the fowl of the air, to every beast, and for the field. But watch this. But for Adam, there was no found help meet for him. There was no help meet for him. So God told Adam... I'm going to get heavier in this thing because we got to understand what the church is. We have, we, we have been bamboozled. Satan has put so much leaven, we don't understand the magnitude of our authority. Okay, so if the Most High told Adam, hey, I need you to be subdued, replenished. Well, Adam ain't got no animals or nothing to replenish. He can't replenish with animals. It was never meant for man to sleep or have sex with animals. So he names the animals, he names the birds, he names the fish. He's standing right with God, co-authoring creation or naming the earth, the elements in the earth, and has dominion over it. But it says Adam ain't got no helpmate to fulfill the mandate that the father gave him. He doesn't have a helpmate to reproduce. <laughs> right? So God causes him to go to sleep and gives him a bride to what? Fulfill the mandate that he told him to do. Understand if the most high God tells you to do something, he's not going to tell you to do something. And he has not equipped you to do or give you the equipment to do what you need to do. This is why I'm telling you. The enemy is angry with the church. This is why he wants men to think they're women, women to think they're men. Because I can't have unions coming together, replicating this thing that whips me repeatedly. That reminds me that this is the one thing that is going to whip me at the end of time. He doesn't want it. That's why you say people, oh, divorce is up in the church. What? How? When the marriage is the most, one of the most powerful things that God has put here at our disposal. All right, now, we just said Adam, uh, God gave the mandate. God gave the mandate to Adam. I'm going to tell you like this. Let's go to um, Matthew. Go to Matthew 28. Go to Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. I got to hustle up because it's a lot I want to do with this particular thing. So we may do this. For, we, may, we may stay on this for a little while because I got to get to the role of woman and how Satan has deceived women. Say, hey, no, man, I'm not sure. No, man, he's deceived you because I'm going to tell you the placement you have in this union. We all got to surrender to somebody. I've surrendered to the Messiah. It's an example, because guess what? The, the Lord say, hey, I'm equal to the Father. We're one, but guess what? The Father's greater than me. You know how good that feels? Oh, I could be Satan, but boy, my daddy going to whip him good. 
Hmm? You know how good that feels? All right, so let me hustle. Let me, let me hasten. Let me hasten. Go to Genesis. I'm sorry. Go to Matthew verses 19 and 20. Look at what the Messiah says. He says, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And look, I'm always with you even to the end of the age. Wait a minute. Doesn't that sound familiar to what the Most High told Adam and his wife? Subdue, replenish. So in other words, when he says all power is given to me, go and teach nations, baptizing them. He's telling us to disciple nations, make them a part of the kingdom. Let them hear the good news. And he's basically saying replenish the kingdom. He's basically saying subdue the earth with the gospel. How are we going to subdue the earth with the gospel? Well, we can't do it. There's no help mate to do that. This is why the Messiah says, church. See? Now, okay, I got to get to this part here. I got to get to this part here. When we talk about the power, go to Luke chapter 24. Go to Luke chapter 24. I, this, I may have to tease y'all because I'm going to give y'all a glimpse because y'all are going to see the profundity of this thing, man. I'm telling you, this thing is heavy. Go to Luke chapter 24, verse 47 through 49. Here's the key. Remember, the Messiah is telling them, hey, go make disciples. He's literally saying, go replenish the earth. Go subdue it with the gospel. He needs a helpmate to do that. See, this is what we got to understand. The church is the helpmate to subdue, replenish the earth. And subdue it with the kingdom gospel. That's what this church is for. And so if this church is not subduing, replenishing, and birthing children, that's a problem. All right? Now, he says in uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 47. Okay, he's resurrected. He's telling these disciples what they need to do. Here's the key. He says in 47, 47 and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, subdue, replenish, beginning at Jerusalem. He's saying replenish the earth. He needs a helpmate to do this. So the Messiah walked the earth, uh, called out them diseases, healed those people of diseases, called out those sins, rid the world of those sins. He's working with the Father. He, he says, I've seen my Father do this. Why? Adam and the Most High work together to uh, 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 name the animals and, you know, get everything in order. The Messiah and Father work together to bring things back in a zoo in order by ridding diseases, healing the sick, raising the dead. He's bringing the order. Now he's saying replenish. Well, there's no help made to do that. But look what he says. That repentance of remission should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Look what he says in 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father. But he says, Wait. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you endure with the power from on high. Oh, my gosh. Can, do, do, okay. I'm, I think some of y'all getting it now. I think some of y'all getting it now. Take a look at um, Acts. Take a look at Acts. I'm going to quickly hurry up. Go to look at Acts. If you look at Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Listen to what it says again. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And being assembled together with them. This is after Messiah's resurrected meet with his disciples. He says, 
and, and, and being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem. But he says, wait for the promise of the Father which you heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the power of the Holy Ghost not many days. He's saying again, y'all chill out. Wait until Jerusalem. And he says again in 8, but you'll receive power as the Holy Ghost has come upon you and shall be witnesses. You will have the ability to replenish the earth. Now he has a bride to work through to replenish. You follow me? Okay. Now, 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 now. We just heard what the Most High said. I'm going to give Adam a helpmate. Okay. Listen to me. I just told y'all Christ is married to the church. Paul had that revelation and it's profound. Go to um, John chapter 14. Go, go, uh -oh. go to John chapter 14. Go to John chapter 14, verse 25. Okay. Watch this. John chapter 14, verse 25. These things I've spoken to you, being yet present with you, but the comforter. Now, if you read this in some Bibles, it would say the helper, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever you have done. Are you following me now? Go back to Genesis 2 where the Father says, or the Bible says, there was no suitable help meat for Adam so he made him his woman his wife you come back to the New Testament the Messiah says wait for the power wait for what helper hmm? wait for the helper the church is what the help mate or he needs the help mate to birth and replenish the earth realm we are possessed of the Holy Spirit. And so as we witness, we're bringing people into the marvelous light, into this thing, this concept, this spirit realm called church, ecclesiastical, ecclesia, okay? ecclesiastical environment. So we're seeing that the, the daddy's doing the same thing he did in the beginning. Now, he's saying the woman is the helper for the man. This is why I'm telling you, you, you can't come out that order when you don't understand. So, even though Christ is married to this church, he has his helper to help him replenish the earth realm and subdue. Huh? So, we don't understand the power of Holy Ghost. Now, I want to hit another scripture before I go even deeper. I want to go to Genesis chapter 3. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Now, watch this. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You get, th th there's a problem with this thing. People don't understand the order. I don't have women in church say, oh, no, I got a problem with that submitting. And really, that's what the words say. Because let me tell you something. When you love somebody, you're not fearful of surrendering to them. I love the Lord. I have no fear in surrendering to his will. If you love someone, care for them, you shouldn't be fearful thinking they're going to do you harm. You have 
that you, 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 you're not convinced on their love or there's some insecurities in you. And even in the midst of our insecurities to the Messiah, he still loves us because the Bible says we love him because he what? Loved us first. Now, go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 5. Go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 5. <clears throat> These are familiar scriptures we've gone over several times, but I think it's important now because we have to understand exactly what this church is. This church is not a slush fund for me. This church is not a get-rich-quick scheme, open up shop and tell the people, God going to bless you, this and that, you're going to get rich. This is not, no. Nah. The purpose, replenish the earth. Disciple nations. Be witnesses for me. Be my helpmate. Huh? Be my woman. I need my woman to help me birth children. There was no suitable helpmate for Adam. There's no suitable helpmate for the Messiah other than the church. There's no suitable helpmate for the Messiah other than the church. He just said the gates of hell will not prevail. We just read the, the, the Most High giving them dominion over the earth. Huh? Now, in regards to this New Testament, it's a spirit realm. Sickness, disease, pop, whatever it is, it's dom you've got dominion. And man, this thing has seemed like it's been watered down. Satan does not want you to know the authority we have. He, this is why he's throwing everything in the kitchen sink to marriage. He's throwing everything to the kitchen sink to the masculine order. He's throwing everything to the kitchen sink to this feminist stuff. Huh? All right. So... He says, the serpent, God knows that in the day that you eat, that your eyes will be open and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Okay. Knowing good and evil. Now, if you go to Genesis chapter 322, the Lord says, this man has become like what? One of us. <laughs> now. It took me a while to kind of get that. I'm like, one of them? Wh which one? Huh? When you look at the scripture, Habakkuk 1.13. Habakkuk 1.13, it says, God's eyes are too pure to look on evil. Satan deceived them. They were gods. They weren't like them. They were gods. They were children of the Most High. They had his whole structure in his image in his likeness they were gods because they knew no evil habakkuk says god's eyes was too pure to look upon evil so this is why when the weight of sin and the stench of the smell of sin was upon his son he had to turn his back on his son that's why the messiah said oh my god my god why have you forsaken me And he does it twofold. He says, my God, demonstrating the deity of his father, who has the ability to resurrect and forgive sin. He says, why have you turned away from me? But then again, he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. He, <clears throat> he brings it back to the family because he remembers the purpose. I've come to rid of this sin. See, he is the sin ransom. My God, why have you forsaken me? God had to turn his back because why? His eyes are too pure to look on sin. And he came back to say, I remember I'm the ransom for sin, so Father, forgive him. Now, 
they were God because they knew no evil. But now when they ate from the tree, Satan says, nah, you will know good and evil. You see? So that's why the father said the man has become like one of us. Because, see, the spirit of God can discern the evil, right? And the word of God helps us overcome and gives instruction for overcoming the evil. So, see, when God sent his son, he wanted to bring us back to the place where we were completely in his likeness, like him, knowing no evil. Hmm? So Satan was upset. He said, you will be as God. They was already like God. They didn't know evil because God didn't know evil. But when they ate from the tree, they became like one of them. All right? So now, let me go back to um, Matthew chapter 12, verse 31. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 12, verse 31. I still got to get to this thing of the Holy Spirit. So let me, let me kind of deal with this, and I'm going to have to continue this next week. So we go to Matthew 12, verse 31. Matthew 12, verse 31. Ah, yes. What, look what it says. Wherefore I say to you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be given, for, forgiven unto men. And whatsoever word you speak it against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven. But whatsoever speak it against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither the world to come. Why is he protective of that Holy Spirit? Twofold. We possess the Holy Spirit, and what? We are the church. This Messiah going to protect his woman. This Messiah going to protect his bride. You see? Twofold. He loves us as his children. He's saying, you can talk about me. Even say something about daddy, he'll forgive you. But don't talk about my women. Don't talk, excuse me, not women, but don't talk about my wife. And don't talk about my family. You see what I'm saying? Twofold. That's why I tell you, we got to line up and get under the umbrella of the Messiah. That's why he says, husband love wife as Christ loved the church. Husband love wife as the anointed one loved the church. He died for her to protect her. And he rose up and said, I don't care what you say. Don't talk about the bride. Don't talk about my children. The church possesses the Holy Spirit. We possess the Holy Spirit. We comprise the church. And he said, don't talk about my woman. You can say what you want, but don't talk about my woman. Don't talk about my wife. Okay? Now, this is why order has to be maintained. And whenever disorder comes, when, when, when people don't know the purpose, placement, and positioning, you're allowing Satan to come in and to draw a little leaving to take your mind off purpose. Now, I still got to dig into this helpmate thing. Okay? I still got to dig into that because we need to go further on this so that we understand the purpose of the church. And in understanding that the man and his wife will understand what their purpose in this marriage. Again, watch this. I, I, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. And I'm going to harp on this when I come back. When the Most High was looking for Adam, Adam, where you at? Oh, I ran. I left. What'd you do? Um, I, I, I ran when I was naked. Did you eat from the tribe or not eat from? The woman? What'd you do, woman? Look what he does. I'm going to hit on this again. Adam, your curse, the serpent, your curse. But he just said to the woman, you have pain in childbirth. That is it. And he said, your desire be for your husband. Why do you think he did that? I created man, but I gave man this. And I can't curse what I gave man. 
<laughs> you see what I'm saying? Curse the man. He redeemed him, of course. Curse that serpent, but say, this is what I'm going to do for you, woman. Now, I'm going to get on this a little deeper because it's even deeper than that. Because, see, what he do? He put the curse of stench and sin on the Messiah and he gave a blessing to the church. Oh, man, I'm out of time. I'm going to continue on this because I'm going to get into more of this. But this is beautiful. We need to know what the church is because we're in a time where we need to understand what's happening. And if the Messiah has given us the answer, the only answer that's going to beat and whip this filth and stench of sin back, we need to get this church right. Father in heaven, thank you for this word and continue to grant us understanding. Uh, please let your people you hear this word. Let them understand their purpose, placement, and position in the kingdom. Let everybody understand why you die for this perfect bride. We pray for the marriages, Heavenly Father. Let them understand the authority and the power that they have, which is a representation of what you have and what we have in you in the church. And it simply means to me, the Lord bless and keep you. The Lord lift his face upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord shine his countenance upon you, that the name of the Lord is upon you. In Jesus' name, shalom, friends. Hello, family. Thanks for tuning in to Breaking Bread on this network. Breaking Bread is supported by the contributions of individuals and entities that donate to the G2G Foundation. If you have supported this organization, we want to say thank you. And to all our sponsors, your continued support is appreciated and makes it happen. If you would like to send a donation to support this program, you can send it by the cash app to dollar sign G2G Foundation. That's dollar sign letter G number two G Foundation, all lowercase. Or you can mail it to 1728 Northeast Miami Gardens Drive, Suite 135 North Miami Beach, Florida 33179. That's 1728 Northeast Miami Gardens Drive, number 135, NMB, Florida, 33179. Your contributions assist us and enable us to forward the vision in other countries such as India and Kenya. Please connect with us by logging on to the G2GFoundation.org. That's T-H-E-G, number two, G, F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N.org. We're community-oriented and believe in community outreach, mentorship, and investing in our youth by spiritual and educational empowerment. We'll see you next week, family, and tell someone to tune in same time here on this network. Shalom.